0: Welcome to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of the Happy Sleep Company. From cat naps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. I'm so excited to talk about today's episode. It's a solo episode. It's just me here talking to you all about Disney World. Why am I talking about Disney World on a sleep podcast, on a baby sleep podcast? Well, because I get a lot of questions about travel from our followers on Instagram, from my clients at the Happy Sleep Company, a lot of questions about travel specifically related to Disney, believe it or not. And I think it's just because Our clients are all parents of little babies or little toddlers or little preschoolers and at that stage where they're thinking, hey, let's take our kiddo to the most magical place on earth, but wait a minute, that sounds like it might be pretty exhausting. And how are we going to keep sleep on track when we go to Disney World? So... I have so many thoughts about this because we have been to Disney World twice. So Myla, my daughter, is 10, but we went to Disney World when she was four, and we loved it so much that we went again when she was five. Within 24 hours of being at Walt Disney World in Florida, the first year that we went when she was four, I was like, we're coming back next year, right? It's it's truly so magical. It's so wonderful. It's such an amazing, incredible experience for children, for adults. Love it. Can't recommend it enough. But when it comes to sleep, my goodness, there's a lot going on because it is just so exciting it's so fun it's so exhausting there is so much going on it's incredibly stimulating especially for small children so how can we do this how can we go to disney world and have fun and not just be completely exhausted messes by the end of it with our children let's talk about that today on the podcast even the idea alone of a sleep consultant taking her four-year-old to Disney World is like a sentence that's kind of an oxymoron. You know, it's just nonsensical. You know, why would a sleep consultant take a small child to Disney World? Nobody ever sleeps at Disney World, but it's not true. It is possible to keep sleep on track and still have loads of fun and do all the things when you are there. Me, my husband, Steve, and Mila, our daughter went to disney world when she was four she was in that phase of just loving all things disney Minnie mouse the princesses disney junior shows on television all of the things so here is the tale of how we did it and kept sleep on track for the most part and then my top tips for doing disney right without sending your kiddo into just a total whirlwind of sleep debt When Steve first suggested that four years old sounded like the perfect age to take Myla to Disney World, I will admit that my first thought was about sleep. This is not shocking to anyone. My first thought about most things is sleep, especially when it comes to children. But immediately I thought, okay, is she really the right age for this from a sleep perspective? We'd already agreed that we wouldn't go before she dropped her nap. That's not to say that you can't take a child to Disney World before they drop their nap, but this would be something that I would consider. Has your child dropped their nap yet, or are they still regularly requiring a daily nap? You might want to consider that. If your child is one who will easily sleep in a stroller or in a soft structured carrier on you or a structured carrier or a wrap then not such a big deal if they're still napping and you want to go to Disney World because you can put them in there and they can nap multiple times a day or that one time a day that they need their nap. They can nap in the stroller or in the carrier. Mila was never really big on napping on the go in strollers, in cars, in carriers, more so in carriers. But at this point she was four and I didn't really want to have to carry her around for a nap every day. So we waited until the point for our child where we knew she could get through a day, most days, without needing a nap. To me strolling a preschooler around the Magic Kingdom desperately hoping for her to catch some sleep in the middle of a street parade just sounded less than ideal. So a lot of the stuff I'm talking about here is personal opinion and specifically related to my child. Example, a child who didn't nap well on the go. So in our situation, this made sense to wait until she was an age where she didn't need a nap anymore. So, Milo was actually closer to five years than four when we went to Disney the first time, and she had stopped napping months earlier. So, I was open to discussing going to Disney when Steve said he'd really like to take her there. So, fast forward to February, and here we were on our flight to Orlando. First tip book flights first thing in the morning if you can. It's tough to always book flights for exactly the time that suits your family's schedule, but whenever possible, I suggest that you book flights for first thing in the morning when your child is well-rested and at their freshest and most content. Our flight to Orlando left at 7:30 in the morning. So that was even a little earlier than i would have preferred because it meant we had to wake Mila up at 5:30 in the morning but luckily we live super close to the airport in our city so we didn't have to get up too too much earlier than our normal to make it to our flight on time i would say that waking your child a bit early is generally a better option than booking an evening flight and keeping your infant or toddler up super super late so once we landed we were transported by the magic express bus yes that's what it's called to our hotel and we checked in and it was already almost 4 p.m so that leads me to tip number two do not overschedule your first day airports plane rides being shuffled through crowds of people all throughout the travel day it's both very stimulating and incredibly exhausting for children when you finally get to your destination, I recommend doing something low-key, getting to bed early, especially if your little one was woken up for an early flight, and starting fresh the next day. For us, we hit the hotel pool for an hour when we got there. We grabbed a quick dinner, and then Mila hit the hay before the clock even struck seven PM, I think. And so that's what we did the first year. The second year when we went there, she was five, closer to six, we arrived same time 4 pm. and we actually went into Magic Kingdom for an hour or so. Our hotel was very close to Magic Kingdom. We were able to walk there, do a couple of rides just to start the excitement off, but still go back to our hotel for a seven o'clock bedtime for her. So once we got our child to bed at 7 pm, what Steve and I did for three hours after that leads me to a very important vacation tip. I really suggest you get a room with a balcony if you can, or a suite if you can. I would venture to say that having a balcony increased Steve's and my Disney experience by about 25%. Why is this? Because after Milo was tucked into bed, we spent three glorious hours drinking wine and chatting with one another on the balcony, watching Netflix on the iPad, watching this boat light show go by on the river outside of our hotel no going to bed at 7 p.m for us no huddling under the covers watching netflix while we tried not to disturb our child who was sleeping or trying to go to sleep we double locked the hotel room door on the inside we let myla know we'd be just outside on the balcony right beside her if she needed us and we just continued our vacation after her bedtime. If you can't get a balcony, then my recommendation is to make sure you do take headphones. Simply, you know, stay in the room, enjoy time together watching movies or catching up on your favorite show once your child's asleep. Try to keep things dark and quiet and let them fall asleep. And then most children won't be disturbed by you just throwing on some headphones and watching a show together. But a balcony, if you can swing it, is a really great way to extend your and your partner's vacation beyond when your child goes to bed for a nice early bedtime. Okay, first full day at Disney. We woke up on our first full day at Disney ready to take on Magic Kingdom. So Steve and I got ready for the day and Myla watched television every morning. It was this extra special Disney treat in the form of 30 to 60 minutes of morning cartoons every day. Disney Junior is on the hotel television 24 hours a day, shockingly. And so she got to do that and we got ready for the day and then we would head out the door and I always grabbed the umbrella stroller that we had brought along. Okay, tip number four, families, bring a stroller. So a friend of mine had recommended that we take a stroller with us to Disney World. She actually recommended it just a few days before we left, and I thought it was really funny that she said this. I was really skeptical. Myla had not used a stroller in almost two years, and it felt really odd The idea of pushing my extremely tall, almost five-year-old around in the same little buggy she'd used when she was a toddler. But I listened to my friend and we borrowed an umbrella stroller from another friend. We threw it in with our checked luggage anyway, just to be on the safe side. And thank goodness we did. Here is the thing about Disney World. It is freaking huge. You walk, you run, you rarely ever sit down unless you are strapped into a teacup or a flying circus elephant, what this means for young children is sheer exhaustion in the most wonderful, beautiful, fun possible way, but sheer exhaustion by the end of the day. Having a stroller with us allowed Mila's little legs to take a break when we were on our fourth or fifth or 10th straight hour of walking. And it also allowed me and Steve the chance to enjoy the less kid-centered attractions with the wine factor greatly reduced so for example on the fourth day of our trip we visited epcot which once we'd done the frozen section to death it wasn't incredibly interesting to our kindergartner so steve and i were really excited to visit the world showcase which is this place where you walk around and see all the different countries of the world and the different cultures and there are different foods and it's really amazing each of the various countries have pavilions throughout epcot the stroller meant that Mila could chill out, which means she basically had ice cream for added contentedness all throughout the day, in her stroller while we took a long and leisurely stroll through the attractions that were aimed at an older crowd so the stroller had those added benefits where it gave her a break from walking it gave us the chance to just stroll her and enjoy adult centered things stroller was absolutely key you can rent strollers at disney we took an umbrella stroller um, it was cheaper and uh, it just meant that we always knew we had it at our disposal so i would definitely recommend that Here's the thing though, even if your child has finished napping, and especially if your child still naps, plan for naps. This is tip number five. This is a really important one. Plan for naps. When we left for Disney World, Myla hadn't nabbed, not even a teeny cat nap in the car in more than 10 months. She was almost five. She stopped napping when she was three and a half. And guess what? She napped at Disney. Everybody naps at Disney. You need it. Babies, toddlers, preschoolers, kindergartners, adults, everybody needs a nap at Disney. I saw kids napping in strollers, on parents' shoulders, hunched over on park benches. I even saw one child who appeared to be at least seven years old napping on the floor in the middle of a buffet restaurant with a blanket over him. My suggestion is to plan for naps rather than doing the floor of the restaurant variety. Plan for naps that you can actually have in your hotel if possible sometimes and have your little one rest at your hotel in the middle of the day when you can. Of course, you are on vacation and you are not going to stall the middle of every single day to trek back to your hotel for a nap that may or may not even happen. But when you can and when it makes sense, it's a good idea to try for those naps. Well-rested children and adults cope with new and exciting situations and simply have more fun when they are well rested. And happy, well rested children make for happier, more contented parents. All of this equals a much more enjoyable vacation for your whole family. We planned naps around days that we wanted to keep Mila up late to watch the fireworks display at Magic Kingdom. We planned for two nights of fireworks during our seven night stay at Disney. So that way we could help Myla catch up on sleep on the days in between. So on the days we didn't go to the fireworks, we had a full, big, exhausting day and put her to bed at 7 p.m. On the days we did stay up for the fireworks, we took a break from the parks in the early afternoon. We had her lie down for an hour to get some rest and she actually napped. This child who had not napped in almost a year actually napped. We set her grow clock for an hour so she would know you know, when she could be done resting, but we had to wake her up. The grow clock didn't even matter. She didn't even see the clock turn yellow when it was time to get up because she was out. We had to wake her up. Apparently, having fun is really exhausting. But this midday rest meant that the 7.30 light show on Cinderella Castle and the 8 p.m. fireworks display it just made it so much more enjoyable and magical. She was in great spirits. She was energized. She was completely mesmerized by it all. And she was in an overtired meltdown mode little kindergartner by the time she finally hit the hay two hours after her usual bedtime. Those who know me at all are pausing here to just reflect on what I just said. (laughs) They might even just be replaying this, rewinding and playing another time just to be sure that they are hearing this correctly. Erin Yunker, pediatric sleep consultant, owner of the Happy Sleep Company, obsessed with all things children's sleep, broke the sleep rules and kept her child up two hours past her bedtime multiple times in a week at Disney World. This leads me to my most important tip about the Disney sleep combo. You got to give yourself a break. You have to give yourself a break and enjoy this time with your family. In my humble opinion, after having spent a week there with my family twice, whoever coined Disney World the happiest place on earth was spot on. It is remarkable. Every single person who works there, from the gentleman helping you swipe your magic band at the park entrance to the lady who's assisting you aboard the people mover train, they're phenomenally friendly. Every corner you turn is exploding with bright colors and vivid sounds and opportunities to make just amazing memories as a family. After we'd gotten home from our trip and and been home for like two weeks, our faces still hurt from smiling. Our daughter became more mesmerized at Disney every single time another princess said hello to her. She found her inner daredevil by going on roller coasters that even my husband and I were nervous about. Again, she is inordinately tall for her age, so she was able to get on some of the amusement park's biggest rides even at four years old. And she loved it, and we made incredible memories as a family as a result of doing new things together and simply having time to focus on one another and allowing ourselves to break the rules a little bit. Yes, as a sleep consultant, I feel strongly that much of the enjoyment of our trip was related to our daughter getting proper rest. It meant she was able to handle such a vastly stimulating environment without the meltdowns that are often associated with being overtired. So, my recommendation, if you can do it, is just to think about all these suggestions and do what you can to respect your child's sleep while you're enjoying the world's most magical place. But with that said, as you can hear from everything I've just said, even I broke the rules at Disney World because the magic got to me too. And you need to let the magic of Disney World get to you and break the rules a little bit. Even if you're someone like me, who is normally a huge rule follower, especially when it comes to your child's sleep, find that happy medium, find that balance, allow yourself the time to go and enjoy it. And Find those balances, but not stress too much about sleep because it's one week and you can get around those difficult situations and still come out the other side with a child who is well rested and had an incredibly magical experience. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.